Hi, my name is Michael Sano. I'm Jewish and I love Israel. So if you love Israel, if you love being Jewish, or if you have an unwavering connection to the land of Israel, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the 12 Cities in Israel podcast. Shalom, shalom, shalom. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? My name is Michael Sano, and welcome to the 12 Cities in Israel podcast, the only positive podcast about the people, the culture, and the food of the state of Israel. Um, Hey, if this is your first time watching the YouTube version of this, please, please, please hit the like button, hit the subscribe button and the notification bell. If you want to take us with you, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and on Spotify. All right. um, Welcome to the show. And this is the Hanukkah holiday edition. So I'm really excited about this episode. Hanukkah is a an enormous, enormous festival holiday, uh, Jewish holiday in our household. Um, my son loves it. My wife loves it. I, you know, get past her. Is it soon, soon? Let's do it. Come on. Slate those candles. So, you know, and I always make it super special make a ton of greasy, oily fried foods and the sufgani oat. And I'll go into why all that's important. Um, But right now, what I'm going to do, I think it's, uh, I know what Hanukkah is. Most people know what Hanukkah is. It's when you light the Hanukkah. A lot of people think it's the menorah, but it's not a menorah. The menorah is in the temple, but the menorah is central, absolutely central to the story of Hanukkah. So, what I'm going to do is I have, I did so much research for this episode. I'm going to give you the historical reasons for behind Hanukkah and why, um, sort of why, in my opinion, the, uh, the stories of the Maccabees, um, the different books. Now, I always thought it was one and two, but a source of mine in Israel in Jerusalem, told me that there were four books of Maccabees. I didn't even know that. Um, I don't know much about the books of Maccabees. Um, They are what's called apocryphal texts. And I'm going to tell you why. Apocryphal texts are texts that are not part of what we would call the canon um, in the Tanakh, which is the Torah, Ketuvim, um, Nevi'im, all of that. I have a buzzing in this and I can't figure out where it's coming from. And if it's affecting you guys, I am incredibly sorry. Um, let's see if we can get rid of it. Um, all right. I don't know if that did it. Uh, maybe it did. All right. So where was I? Um, all right. So Hanukkah is the Jewish festival commemorating the rededication of the second temple in Jerusalem at the time of the Maccabean revolt against the Seleucid Empire. It is also known as the Festival of Light. So the Seleucid Empire um, was one of the empires that established itself um, after the death of Alexander. So you had the Seleucids, the Ptolemies, and these these were all generals of his army. And the Seleucids ruled a swath of that 
Alexandrian territory. I guess that would be the right word, right? They uh, they ruled from Syria. Um, and Antiochus IV, who was born in 215 BCE and died in 164 BCE. Now, remember, before Common Era, uh, before the year zero, um, things go backwards. So rather than born in 164, died in 215, it would be backwards. He died in 215, or he, he was born in 215 and he died in 164. So um, he issued decrees that forbid Jewish religious practice um, in conquered Judea. So um, his father, Antiochus, maybe the third, right? Would that be it? I don't know. If I'm wrong, let me know. Um, well, honestly, if I'm wrong, you got to let me know what it is. I'll look it up after this. But Antiochus the fourth's father, um, Antiochus, let the the Jews in Judea run their temple, do whatever, be cool. Well, Antiochus the fourth was kind of a brat, and he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna have that. He was living in the shadow of his father, living in the shadow of Alexander, and he said, "No, we're going to we're going to um, establish what is the Hellenistic, um, what they considered cultured view." of their world and impress it upon their conquered peoples. Meaning they were gonna build a gymnasium, which they did. A gymnasium is not like we see now, a gym, where you know there's basketball hoops on both sides and you can play volleyball and, and all that. A gymnasium in Greco-Hellenistic uh, culture was the center of Greco-Hellenistic culture in all of its large urban areas. So you would have a theater you would have a bathhouse. Um, you would have a, a number of other things, uh, including sport. Now, the Greeks, when they did sport, they did it in the nude. You know, old, um, what, is, what is it? Old reliefs of Olympic Games. They, when they show wrestling, they show two men. And the men are nude. Um, and the bathhouse, of course, you're nude. Now... The sporting events were viewed by both men and women. And for the religious religious establishment in Judea, this just, you know, wouldn't didn't cut the mustard. It was totally, totally not not modest. Um so they they were they were incredibly upset with it. But there were a lot of individuals, just like there are in every culture, there were a lot of individuals who wanted to be a part of the victors. They wanted to be upwardly mobile. So what they did was you had what were called Hellenized Jews. And these Hellenized Jews were Jews who were living the Greek life. You know what I mean? They were wearing togas. They were having parties. Um celebrating Bacchus. Sometimes they would even have Greek gods in their home, personal gods, um, instead of um, following the practices of early Judaism, early Second Temple Judaism. Uh, not early se Second Temple Judaism. So, um, upset with this, totally frustrated with this, Mattathias, the Hasmonean, 
meaning he was part of a, a, a family known as the Hasmoneans. Um, he was a rural Jewish priest from Modi'in, which is in between uh, Yer uh, Jerusalem and Tel Aviv. Um, he sparked a revolt against the Seleucid Empire by refusing, outright refusing to worship the Greek gods. I'm going to have a sip of coffee real quick. Hold on one sec. Um, Peter Madeira, this is for you. Mm. Amazing coffee. That stuff's awesome. It is um, from, uh, I think it's, it's Polish. Yeah, it's Polish coffee. But Peter, this coffee is Jacob's. It's for you. I've given you a container of it. Enjoy it. Anyone else? Please get some. Don't buy it all, though, because I live for it. Um, so um, when he refused to, when Maratayas, this priest from Modin, refused to pray to the Greek gods, um, he killed a Hellenized Jew who stepped forward to take Maratayas' place um, in sacrificing to an idol. And he also killed the Greek officer um who was sent to enforce this sacrifice so antiochus the fourth was sending people to the religious areas uh the religious centers of specific um towns apparently modin and they said you got to pray to and they had this what is it god on a cart kind of thing and you would come and you would sacrifice and it would show your fealty to uh the Seleucid Empire um, to Antiochus as a god because your emperors were gods as well. So, so he killed some people. He did basically what Moses did when Moses killed um, an Egyptian for beating a slave, for beating a, a Jew. So um, he and his five sons, they fled into the wilderness of Judah. And here we start going with the, uh, with the, I don't want to use the word mythology, but there were mytho mythologized in order to give them this wah. So um, they were there for about a year. And about a year later, um, Mattathias died. So he started this big revolt. People were like, what? This is crazy. And then Mattathias died um, in 166. BCE. So this is way, this is before the Romans. Um, his son Judah Maccabee led an army of Jewish dissidents to victory over the Seleucid dynasty through guerrilla warfare. So his son, um, Judah Maccabee. Now, Judah's nickname, Maccabeus, is used in popular culture to describe all Jewish partisans of the period. Um, and it's taken from the Hebrew word hammer. So um, that is phenomenal and profound because it actually resonates through history. And I'm going to go into why it became such... See, because normally this was... This was a holiday, but it was relegated to like kind of the back burner, not on par with the other higher holidays. Um, and I'm going to go into how it became elevated in the Jewish consciousness in the um, 
what is it, the third quarter of the 20th century. So now the big question is, why aren't the Book of Maccabees in the Torah? Why aren't they in the Tanakh? So um, after the victory, the Maccabees enter Jerusalem in triumph, and they ritually clean, cleanse the temple, um, reestablishing traditional Jewish worship and installing, are you ready for this? Jonathan... Afus, Judah's youngest brother, as high priest. Now, actually, I had a quick question about this. Who would have cleaned the temple? Because I know that we can't, as a Jew, um, it's halakhically an issue uh, to touch pork. We can't touch pork. We can't even, you know, can't even look at it. So um, we can't touch pork. And the desecration of the second temple what happened was a statue of zeus was put in there and a pig was slaughtered so who cleaned up the pig that's what i'm curious about because no one could none of the kohanim could um none of the levites could um i'm curious as to who went and cleaned up all of this pig so it's just a stupid question i have but it's one of those kind of things you know what i mean um so jonathan afus uh the youngest brother uh the youngest son of Mattathias, was made the high priest and a large seleucid army that we weren't gonna have this was sent to quash the revolt um but antiochus the fourth died so they, I guess, I don't know, in order to, because you have to think of it from a Game of Thrones perspective, okay? So as Antiochus IV died, now all of a sudden you have all these power struggles, and what do you want in order to, to support yourself during a power struggle? You want a big, strong army. So they said, you know what, the Jews, forget about those guys. We don't have time for that. We've got to, you know, establish our seat of power, so get that army back. And, you know... The, uh, the Maccabees got a respite. They got a, a little bit of breathing room. Um, now, the, uh, the Seleucid commander, and I want to get his name right, Lys Lysias, preoccupied with internal Seleucid affairs, which is what I was talking about, agreed to a political compromise that revoked Antiochus IV's ban on Jewish practices. So this guy in order probably in order to get um some kind of support from the Jude judean province it would have been um said you know what guys calm down we're not going to come at you anymore do your jewish stuff be jewish have your temple uh but support us and uh, you know we were probably <laughs> totally right in saying absolutely we're on your side um antiochus bad thank you so much for changing it um, now all five sons of Mattathias died violent deaths. Um, Judah and Eliezer died in battle. Um, Jonathan was betrayed and killed by the Seleucid general Typhon. Is it Typhon or Trifon? Trifon. Simon was killed at a feast in Jericho by his son-in-law ptolemy didn't even know that um i don't know if it was the same ptolemy as the ptolemy down in egypt but hey and john i am not making this up john gadi 
uh, G-A-D-D-I, not John. Could you imagine that if John Gotti was one of the, <laughs> one of the Maccabees? John Gotti, the oldest, was seized and killed by the sons of Jambri from Medeba. And that's got to be just one of the provinces um, that the Seleucids were rocking, I guess, or owning or whatever. Um, after all this, Simon's third son, John Hyrcanus. John, who had died, um, uh, no, Simon. Simon, who was killed at the feast in Jericho. His son went on, his son, John Hyrcanus, went on to become the ruler. Are you ready for this? and high priest of the region. So this is a big no-no. And this brings me to why I think, personally, just me, I think um, that the Maccabees are not included in the Tanakh because it's, it's just grave disregard for established practice for the temple. So there is a lot of rabbinical flourishing about how well the maccabees are about war and war is about this is such a short-term goal but but the the miracle of the oil which i'm going to get into in a moment is long-standing and that's the importance of the maccabees no i think it was 100 human these guys did something wrong and the the um uh, the compilers of the of what would become the Tanakh said, this is a no-no. We can't have this in here. Um, and it's totally justified. It totally makes sense. It sends the wrong message that you can do. Uh, because not only, it's weird. Because on the one hand, it says, okay, you do this, then everyone dies. Okay. Um, but rather than even get into telling the story of the Maccabees with the intent of teaching a lesson. They said, the Maccabees are just a tragic tale. Um, let's just leave it out altogether. Um, now, Hyrcanus, uh, he was a Hasmonean, a Maccabean uh, leader and Jewish high priest, but, all right, born on 164 BCE. Now he reigned from 134 until his death in 104. And this is where inside, I think it's inside the Talmud, there's a lot of writings about redemption for the Maccabees in this act. Um, in rabbinic literature, he is often referred to as Yohanan Kohen Gadol. Um, John the high priest, which I found really weird because when I read that, I was like, wait a minute, I just got finished reading and, and learning that the mixing of the, uh, high priest and the kingship was a big no, no, but in rabbinic literature, they called John Hyrcanus, um, the high priest. How could they do that? They wouldn't call him that. Um, and I say that because of stuff that I've read. Uh, fiery stuff. I think it was in the War Scroll from the Dead Sea Scrolls and stuff. It, it all it all ties in, bro. It all ties in. It's so cool. Um, but apparently, what he did was he sort of severed it. He made a decree to his wife and to his son that when he died, um, 
he had provisioned that his widow be given control of civil authority after he died. She would be made the queen. And his son, Judas Aristobulus, would be given the role of high priest. Well, that didn't work so much. He had his John Aristobulus. Is that his name? John Aristobulus? Yeah. Uh, Judas, Judas Aristobulus had his mother thrown into prison and starved to death. So as, as redeeming as John Hyrcanus's, um final acts were, again, the Maccabees screwed it up. So that, in my opinion, is why the Maccabees are not a part of the Torah, not in the Tanakh, uh, because they did a big no-no. You know what I mean? You can't do that. You can't do that at all. So, um, in general, the Jewish festival of Hanukkah uh, celebrates the rededication of the temple following Judah Maccabees' victory over the Seleucids. Um, the victorious Maccabees could only find a small jug of oil that remained pure. Now, that's important because... So, these... Jugs of oil were hermetically sealed. I think they found some and they were stamped for the temple. And there was the story as it was told to me um, all, throughout, you know, my life is that, oh, it takes it, the reason it takes eight days to purify it and all this. And I always thought that that was fascinating. And then they put the oil in the lamp. They only had it for one day and they said, just put it in there. We'll figure it out, because I'm sure these guys had a lot of stuff to do and a lot of stuff going on. But, it, you know, and I don't mean other stuff than the temple, but stuff in the temple to do. Um, now, the miracle is that the lamp lasted for eight days. Now, what's interesting, one of the things that I've been said in some of the research that I did, and I have some videos I'm going to put up that are really fun to watch um, from some really prominent rabbis. I suggest you watch them. And they said, well, the miracle is not just that it lasted for eight days. The miracle is that there was a single jug left. So this one rabbi, his interpretation was that rather than seven days, like all other festivals, they added a day for the miracle of the jug being there in the first place, which is kind of cool. I think that's really neat. I love this holiday, can you tell? Um, so, um, I just, I found that fascinating. And it is why, in my opinion, in my heart, why we celebrate for eight days. Now, there's something spooky that I saw in one of the videos I did for research. These were rabbinical talks that were given. And one of them has to do with um, Leviticus, Leviticus 23. And I'm not going to get too religious. I just, I want to share something from my personal wow with you guys and tell you about just the miracle of the holiday to me as my perspective. You're going to get a little insight into me. So we have... Um, Leviticus 23, 1 through 44, and that outlines all of the, and I'm not using the Hebrew name because I want to speak to as many people as I can about this and just give the information as openly as possible. So 
that's why if some of you are going, why are you using Leviticus? Um, it's, it's just bear with me. So Leviticus one through 44 outlines all of the festivals, holidays, and observances that we as Jews use. Um, now it covers Shabbat. It covers Passover, Shavuot, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and 23 ends with Sukkot. Okay? It ends with Sukkot. So what the rabbi was saying in the video was that, does that mean that it ends? And that Hanukkah doesn't have this big standing as a holiday. He blew my mind. He totally blew my mind with Leviticus 24, 1 through 3. And I'm going to read those because it really blows my mind and makes the miracle of Hanukkah even more profound. So Leviticus 24, 1 through 3 follows immediately after the outlining of the holidays and observances for all Jews. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command the children of Israel, and they shall take to you pure olive oil, crushed for, for lighting, to kindle the lamps continually. Whoa. Outside the dividing curtain of the testimony in the tent of meeting, Aaron shall set it up before the Lord, from evening to morning continually. This shall be an eternal statute for your generations. So right after the outline of all of the holidays and observances, there is a, a, a mitzvot, a commandment to light the menorah. Whoa! And it falls... Um, chronologically perfectly perfectly i mean look at it i'm looking at it and i'm like i can't believe this i i'm i'm i was stunned when i heard that immediately after sukkot would be hanukkah and there is this commandment to light the menorah in the temple and i'm just whoa so I don't know. I'm a kid. I'm a kid in a candy store when it comes to stuff like this. And I don't give you guys my religion. I try to be as not secular, but respectful of my religious beliefs and yours, if you have them. And, but I just wanted to share this personal little thing with you and why to me, Hanukkah is so important. Now, I'm going to finish this up with telling you about the resurgence of Hanukkah and the resurgence of the story of the Maccabees in Jewish life. Now, at the time, the books of Maccabees were read, um, were widely read. They were read by, I think, <coughs> excuse me, I think some of them said that they were written in Hebrew. Um, I don't know if the Maccabees were part of the Dead Sea Scrolls. Um, it would be interesting to find out. I'll look into that because I'm going to do an episode on the Dead Sea Scrolls. Um, but we have an event 
that occurred, and it was the Six-Day War. And the Six-Day War saw, well, we have a couple of events. We have the War for Independence, and we have the Six-Day War, but specifically that Six-Day War. Now, the Six-Day War saw Israel um, outnumbered, outgunned, and just in a position where it looked like the Jewish state was going to not ex to die. It was going to be destroyed. Um, and a smaller force outmatched a larger force. And this caused a lot of Jewish communities um, to revel in the strength of the Maccabees. So remember how I was talking about atonement and how the, I totally understand why the books of Maccabees are not in the Tanakh. Um, and it's because every time they went and did something, they kept screwing it up and they dug their hole deeper and deeper and deeper. Well, the Six Day War, I think, gave atonement to the Maccabees and made, brought the Maccabees into a larger light within light ironic right um in the jewish world and jews from around the world could look at the achievements of the maccabees and find strength and courage to stand up against those um who would be their oppressors those who would bring danger to them in their households so um i just think that's fascinating that out of nowhere out of this amazing event uh the six-day war where we overcame our enemies um the strength of the maccabees became more of a rallying cry um and you see it all over israel you know what i mean you have the the maccabee get, you don't see it everywhere it's not like da, na, na, na. but you do you see the culture and the the strength of the maccabees in israeli culture today um but yeah so I love Hanukkah. I love the story of Hanukkah. Um, and I wanted to share my story of Hanukkah because I like the history and I like the ah, part of it. So um, from my family to your family, may you all have a wonderful, wonderful Hanukkah. And if you don't... Uh, celebrate the jewish holidays may all of your holidays this season be wonderful um baruch hashem all right uh that's it for me um hey if you like this video don't forget to hit the like button hit the subscribe button and the notification bell um check out our social media we are on uh where are we we are on youtube we're on Instagram, we are on Facebook. Don't forget that if you wanna take us with you, also, I'm doing this way out of order. <laughs> if you wanna take us with you, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and on Spotify. You know, you're running, you wanna to listen to my wonderful harmonic voice. Um, please, yeah, feel free to download it. Um, also, we are finishing up our Kickstarter uh, for the hard copy sets of the flashcards. Um, it wasn't very successful. Hey, what do you do? I spent money on Facebook and Instagram ads, um, and I got a lot of visual uh, recognition for the work that we're doing, but we didn't get any bites on investors. 
that's okay. Um, what you gonna do? Uh, maybe some will come towards the end. I'm not taking it down, but um, to those of you who did, thank you so much. What is pretty pretty huge though is we have now released uh, our flashcards in digital form for Kindle, so you can find them on the Amazon store. It's ten bucks, nine ninety nine. Check it out. Um, they are they came out they came out great. They came out awesome. And uh, we're I'm in the process of working with um, with one of my colleagues on bringing the numbers, the Hebrew numbers out. And that set's going to be released probably at the beginning of the year. Um, so be on the lookout for it. All right. Um, that's it. Thank you so much. Thank you.